We'd like to take a second before this episode to thank our sponsor for this episode, Iowa Sports Supply. Iowa Sports Supply is locally owned and operated and has been providing quality sporting goods, uniforms, and corporate apparel for high schools, colleges, corporations, and Iowa communities for over 60 years. With your next team or corporate need, please visit iowasports.com. The Shooter's Touch and Iowa Sports Supply would like to remind you to support local businesses and shop local this holiday season. On this episode of the Shooter's Touch, we bring on head boys basketball coach at Waverly Shell Rock, Nate Steggy. Now, Coach Steggy grew up like a lot of us did in small town Iowa, I guess more specifically Fredericksburg, Iowa, playing all four sports. He eventually found a passion for basketball, and after that, a passion for coaching, where, as I mentioned, he ended up at Waverly Shell Rock as the head coach, having multiple successful teams, multiple state tournament runs, and multiple players that have gone on to play in college and professionally. We cover a lot of important topics with Coach Stegge, his philosophy, his mentors, what he thinks attitude plays into the game of basketball, and one very, very important topic what exactly is a GoHawk? We hope you enjoy our conversation with Coach Staggy as much as we did. And here he is, Nate Staggy. I got the shooter's touch. Can't nobody shoot like me. Fourth quarter down three, need a two and one. Better call on me, better call on me. If you know you need a shooter, I'm ice cold like a cooler. Get you right though, I can tutor. This that mic flow, I'm a hooper. I got blue faces on blue faces. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Shooter's Touch. Our guest this week is Waverly Shell Rock's head boys basketball coach, Nate Aggie. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Coach, we're excited, uh, excited to have you on. Um, a little bit different for our listeners here. Uh, this is an evening podcast, so it's, uh, it's kind of fun, a little different. Obviously, when you have a, a coach who's also got a full um, work schedule with classes, we, we do what we can to get you guys on and uh, help support. But uh, more than anything, how's, how's the family? How are the kids doing? How's everyone holding up during these wild times over there? Well, you know, we're doing pretty good. We're, we're very fortunate to, to still be in school. Uh, I have a first grader and a preschooler and then a two-year-old and so um you know we're getting some sleep here and there and going to school and everybody's staying healthy so far so I really don't have much to complain about yeah the healthy healthy thing is key and and like you said kids at that age sleep is definitely optional <laughs> yeah for sure yeah you know as a young coach you think gosh during basketball season I don't get much sleep and then you have kids and you realize you'd give anything to have that sleep back so it it definitely changes you. Dad life is uh, completely different. You uh, uh, wouldn't trade it for anything, but at the same time, yeah, some of the things that you used to think were tough weren't weren't as tough as you thought. <laughs> for sure. But well, hey, we always like to start with a little bit of background. Um, you got to share some commonalities here as far as uh, um, growing up small town. Um, but tell us a little bit about what your childhood was like. What uh, the competitive level was um, in your block and within your family, and uh, what high school sports was like for you. Yeah, so I grew up in Fredericksburg, and we really we had about one block in our town, so it was <laughs> it was pretty much everybody. Uh, 
It was it was a little bit different. I was, I'm old enough where it was a little bit before AAU basketball blew up. Um, we didn't have a lot of those opportunities growing up, but uh, we always we always took our own team and went and played in tournaments and uh, coached by my dad or somebody's dad. And so I feel like you know that allowed us to be very successful through, over the course of my high school career because we played together with the same kids um, from about third grade on. Um, I, you know. I give the, I tell the guys a story all the time and they think it's crazy, but, and we just had one, we had one outdoor court in Fredericksburg and uh, in the summertime you'd show up, there'd be 25 guys there, college, high school, whatever. Um, even, even in middle school, we'd show up once in a while and you'd either win or you'd sit for an hour, you know, and wait for the next game. And, you know, the guys now are like, God, that's stupid. Why would you even go do that? But that was the only option we had. And I think that that was part of the reason that we developed some of the toughness we had uh, growing up because, you know, we were still playing outside on the courts and getting our knees scuffed up and running in the big uh, metal pole at underneath the hoop. And, and that's, we didn't know any better at that point. Um, played, uh, played four sports in high school. I think it's pretty unique that uh, I had the same two coaches for all sport, all four sports. Uh, coach Staker, the late Coach Staker, co-college legend, um, he actually was involved in all four of the sports I played. He was my head football coach, my head track coach, my head baseball coach, and my assistant basketball coach. And so, uh, you know, you, you better have a good relationship when a co- with a coach if he's coaching all four of your sports. And uh, and then Coach Stewart was the head basketball coach uh, for my whole career, and he is also a big mentor for me. So, uh, you know, I was very fortunate. Those guys had a huge in- huge influence on on me and and why I do what I do and why I'm in this profession and they were both PE teachers and and both coaches and you know we'd go to the kind of guys where we'd shoot around after school or we'd play badminton or pickleball or whatever and I'm like gosh you know if I could do this this could be my career I think this is what I want to do and so uh, that's kind of where I how I ended up where I am. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned it, obviously small town, um, four sports. You had to play four sports. Um, there was something where you guys needed the numbers, but you guys also had a lot of success. You'll have to remind me because when – so Ferrisburg got a state championship in football. Was that – were you still there or when – how did that all work out? What was – what was because you're a big football player. What was, the, what was the football like when you were in high school? Uh, it was good. We were we – were, had a very good tradition. Um I, my brother actually, who's four years younger than me was the, was part of the state championship runs. And then shortly they after, thereafter, they merged with Sumner Fredericksburg, but uh, uh, we were, we were pretty good. Uh, my junior year, uh, we were very good. Um, I broke my leg in the second game of the year, which kind of set us back a little bit. We had one loss, but that was back in the day where you either beat everybody or you didn't get in the playoffs. And so uh, we missed it that year. Uh, my senior year, we were we were down a little bit, battled some, through some injuries, and then the year after that is when they actually really really started making their deep runs into the playoffs every year. That's good. And then um, basketball, what was what was basketball like for you guys um, as far as competitive level? Uh, we had good tradition there too. Uh, my uh, sophomore year uh, was the first. No, my junior year was the first year team to ever make it to the state tournament. Um, and so we made it down there and, and lost in the first round. And then um, my senior year, we were just okay. And then again, shortly thereafter, that uh, was when when Gavin and Jason, my cousin, um, they they were a part of those teams that that were traditionally in the state tournament every year at the state football playoffs every year. And so they kind of got it rolling. Um, you know, I 
I'll take a little credit for that because me and my buddies were the ones coming back in the summertime and making them, you know, we were the first ones to kind of get them going in the weight room and, and get them doing some of that off season stuff. And so I uh, really enjoyed that. And again, that was just part of me doing what I really enjoy doing. Well, and you mentioned too, with those pickup games and being able to play up essentially, you know, like from, you, like you said, middle school on up, I mean, that's huge. And even when the college guys come back, I mean, even now I, I would assume, especially the tradition that you've had at your program there at Waverly, that you love to see those college guys come show up and, and rough those young guys up a little bit, because I mean, it's the, the lessons that you learn just from playing against a better and tougher competition is, is hard to match. Yeah, this this summer was tough on us because obviously we couldn't do anything uh, with that. But, you know, traditionally, ever since I've been here, that's kind of what we hung our hat on. We've had uh, a lot of good players come through here in my time and they all come back in the summer. And I feel like we get way more out of our open gyms in the summer than we do even with team camps and things like that, because they're playing against guys that are a couple of years older than them and more physical and have been through the program. And those guys are take a little pride in whipping their butt and, and, but coaching them up at the same time. And so I think that's kind of been a huge staple for us over the years. And, and we really missed that this last year. It really showed um, how important that was uh, by us not being able to do that this year. Tough adjustments. I mean, that's something we'll, we'll obviously dive into even more um, here as we get into your guys' program and where you guys are headed right now. But um, so setting the tone, setting the example, like you said, you did for those guys in high school, were you, were you the start of the Fredericksburg wave to Warburg or how did the whole connection, obviously not far in distance, but uh, who started the wave of Fredericksburg kids going to Warburg? Uh, we had, we had two, I believe prior to me, we had had two players uh, go to Warburg and play football. Then uh, they're both probably four to five years older than me. Um, and then I was actually going to co. Um, I don't want to say that publicly, but um, I was going to Co, and uh, that was right when Coach Willis took the job at Wartburg, and he called me up, um, and we had a good talk, and it instantly changed my mind, and I knew that I wanted to play for him, and and that's how I ended up there. And then it did seem to be a string of guys from Fredericksburg headed to Wartburg after that. And I don't know if I started it or not, but uh, uh, it was it was really fun because you know I got to see those guys play after I graduated and, and continue to work with them and hang out with them and do those types of things. So it was really, really a lot of fun for me. Coach Willis is a good one. Obviously uh, had a lot of success. Is, is, is there something or some stuff that you've taken from Coach Willis that you've seen yourself to start to instill in what you do as a coach on the, on the basketball side of things? Yeah, especially early in my career. Um, you know, I was basically using all of his, his motivational stuff. And I still do. I still use his one-liners all the time. And, and some of the, you know, the things that he really instilled in us, um, I talk to our guys about it all the time. And so there's definitely a huge influence there uh, with Coach Willis. I thought, you know, he's a, obviously a very successful coach, but he's a, he's a guy that uh, builds relationships and, and really gets the most out of his guys. And, and that's kind of how I try to operate as well. And remind me, you said Coach Stewart. Who was your high school basketball coach? Coach Stewart was my basketball coach, and then Coach Staker was my every other sport coach, as well as the assistant basketball coach. And and Stewart, he's he's quick witted. I I know I've played uh, I played in a golf tournament with him, and he brings it both uh, both competitively and uh, on the trash talk side of things. He's gonna he's gonna come with it. Oh yeah, he uh, it does. He's one of those guys where it didn't matter what we were doing. Uh, you weren't going to beat him. We'd play horse. He'd make every shot left-handed. 
you'd play badminton, he'd, he'd make you goose egg it, you'd play pickleball, he'd smoke you, and then he'd let you know about it for the next three days. So, uh, that, but, but he was, he's a heck of a good coach and, and really brilliant basketball mind. I still talk to him all the time, um, run ideas past him and, and pick his brain on things. Sounds like a fun guy to uh, have around to golf with. Maybe, maybe not for me because I'm not good at golf, first of all. <laughs> So if he's, if he's talking trash, I might be even worse, but, um, uh, and, um, I guess kind of going back here, coach, I, um, played AAU with Joe green and I, I, you know, I still talk to Joe green every probably once or twice a week here. Um, you know, he would always talk about how, how, uh, how rough the courts in Waverly were. And that made him, uh, the greatest basketball player to ever come out of Waverly because of those courts. So is he, is he exaggerating that or is he, is he accurate with that? Uh, I, you know, sorry, Joe, but I think that's probably a little bit of an exaggeration. Uh, you know, it's, it, it was funny. He was one of the first guys I was ever around when I first took the job here in the big, um, back then you didn't move guys up and, you know, you just kind of kept everybody in their pecking order. And he was kind of the first one to break that string. Um, he was super talented. Um, didn't get tough till later in his career, but, uh, uh, yeah, Joe, Joe's a good guy and he was a lot of fun to coach. And he's kind of the, he's kind of the guy that I think um, took our program to where it was starting in about 2001 to where it is now. Yeah. And you, you obviously playing basketball with him. He was a <clears throat> very talented basketball player, but you know, in other sports too, you know, his uh, athleticism uh, was, was maybe sneaky to some people. Um, and, you know, on the football field and on the baseball, on the baseball field as well, you know, he, he excelled in everything. It seemed like he, he may have told me that uh, you may be the best ankle taper that he's ever seen <laughs> in his career as well. Cause he, and he may be exaggerating this, but told me he came close to breaking his ankle, but you, uh, you threw some tape on that and, uh, and, and had him playing the very, the very, very next day. He said, yeah, that was when I first got here, it was wild. You know, it was, we didn't have a trainer or anything. And so I was the new guy and I fresh out of college and I got my ankles taped every day and paid attention to that kind of stuff and so I automatically just became the trainer and uh yeah I I, I took care of Joe a lot some of it might have been just me making him feel better uh, mentally but uh you know <laughs> I appreciate uh, him respecting me for that so that's Absolutely. good stuff that's that that's the first thing he mentioned when I uh <laughs> when I said when I said we were talking to you tonight <laughs> that's funny um, well, you, you know, you kind of touched on it, um, in high school, you know, going through and, you know, kind of hanging out with, I guess, your PE teachers and coaches and stuff like that. But, uh, was there, was there a specific time, you know, when you knew that coaching was, was where you wanted to be, what you wanted to, um, accomplish and do in your career? You know, I think it probably happened very early on in high school. I don't know if it was my freshman or sophomore year or whatever, but, um, I'd never really wavered from, from what I wanted to do. Uh, I just had my mind made up that that's what I was going to do. I went to college, um, with that major in mind, never wavered from that. Um, was always pretty set in, you know, what I wanted to do. And I really enjoy teaching. Um, my passion is definitely in coaching. Um, I, I knew that was the path I wanted to do. And, and I'm just, that's just my nature. I, I love sports It motivated me all through my childhood and I'm competitive and that's just one way to, to be able to keep doing that uh, as I get older and start retiring from rec sports and all those <laughs> types of things. Yeah. It's, it is about that time to retire actually a couple of years ago for me, but um, when, when and where did you get your start in coaching? 
So I was very fortunate. Uh, I did my student teaching at Warburg here at Waverly Shell Rock. And um, I, uh, very shortly after um, my student teaching job was over, a uh, PE teacher left and there was an opening here. And at that same time, they were looking for an assistant varsity basketball coach. And so I thought it was really a shot in the dark, but I, I put my name in and um, made some connections with some people and got some good references and ended up getting both of the jobs. Um, so I was actually the assistant varsity coach uh, during the winter of my senior year of college. And um, I was asked to, uh, so they needed a guy and it was me and then Dave Ray, who's a hall of famer coach from uh, Tripola, won 500 games and one of the greatest uh, high school coaches that I was ever seen. And when I heard his name was in the hat, I, I was ready to throw in the towel. I knew I wasn't going to get it, but uh, he was retired at that point. And so they asked us if we'd be willing to split that contract and, and both do it. And because, uh, um, you know, Coach Ray was like, gosh, I don't want to do JV. I don't want to do the extra stuff. I just want to kind of help be the brains of the operation. And, and I was young and eager. And so it worked out perfect. And I got to coach with two uh, outstanding coaches to, to start my career with Coach Ray and Coach Eichenrod. Awesome. Awesome. So what did, um, uh, you know, after that, obviously kind of just, um, as far as getting into head coaching, you just kind of slid into there when Eckenrod left then, or how did that work out? Uh, coach Eckenrod left and then, uh, I applied for the head job and then a, a guy by the name of Tom Bardall, who's also a pretty well-known, uh, high school coach in Iowa. Um, he put his name and he was at Waterloo West before he came to Waverly. Um, and he ended up getting the job had a few meetings with him and he convinced me to stay on his staff and uh he he knew that he wasn't going to be here long term um so he convinced me to to learn from somebody new and, and help him out because i knew all the kids i had built the relationships and uh, so i stayed with him uh, for two years and uh, then when he left uh, that's when i took over as head coach in uh, 2007. Nice. That's awesome. And so, you know, we have a lot of coaches who listen to this podcast. Um, what is one or two, um, you know, pieces of advice that you would give them from an assistant coach moving into a head coach, or maybe one or two things that you wish you would have known? Obviously, you were an assistant coach under some great coaches. So, you know, you probably learned um, a lot under under them. But what would you, um, uh, what would you say that assistant coach would need to get ready for in order um, in order to slide into that head coaching job. Yeah, so when you're as an assistant, you you think you know you got it all figured out and you're ready to be a head coach, and and then you realize when you become the head coach, all of a sudden there's a lot more headaches that come with it, and there's a lot more organizational stuff. And as an assistant coach, you're not worrying about parent meetings and and emails and phone calls and um, everybody criticizing everything you do and and so, you know, that's the part, you know, the coaching part um, is the easy part. You know, that's the part that we really want to dedicate all of our time to and have all the passion for. But all that other stuff is really important. And so I think the biggest thing I learned, and I actually learned this from Coach Bardall, is um, building the, the same types of relationships with the parents, building some trust with the parents um, early on, um, getting on the same page as much as you can, although it'll never be perfect. Um, he He did something that uh, he he met with every player and their parents uh, in a individual meeting on the first week of practice, and he laid he you know he laid it all out what he thought roles were. He let the parents talk. He let the kids talk, 
And sometimes, you know, you'd agree to disagree, but everybody felt better leaving that room, being able to share their piece. And um, I did that for a long time just to try to build up those relationships. And then eventually over time, I've been here long enough now, I'm heavily involved in the youth program. And so I get, I get to know everybody um, pretty well by the time they're in high school. Yeah, setting those expectations up front is huge. And like you said, especially as a new coach, um, you know, me going into my position, it was the same thing where it's like parent meeting was huge because you had to set that expectation. They kind of had to know, um, you know, what you were doing. But uh, I agree. I mean, the, the biggest thing when there was times during my uh, time when I was coaching as head coach, I was like, man, I just want to coach basketball again. Yeah. Because you, you're the PR guy, you're the trainer, you're the you're doing everything. You're doing interviews. You're like you forget about basketball because you have so much other responsibility. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I understand where you're coming from. But how? So the game has changed a lot, and your position and where you've been. And high school is a unique situation in that you can't recruit the kids. Well, I don't know. Can you recruit the kids? But no, uh, not legally. But, <laughs> but uh, so, how's your philosophy changed, and and how have you done a done a job of being able to connect it with the pieces that you have uh my philosophy defensively hasn't really changed one bit um in the last 13 years anybody that plays us knows exactly how we're going to defend them uh, we just take a lot of pride in doing it better than everybody else um i i think um i'd venture to say that we've probably pay, played less than five percent of anything other than man in the last 13 years um, I had my 2011 team that was undefeated going into the state championship game was a little unique. We were really, really long. Uh, so we played, we played quite a bit of one, three, one that year. Um, but other than that, um, we were, we base everything around man starting in third grade. I don't let any of our youth programs play any zone. Um, our, our lower level teams don't play any zone. Um, we teach it all the same way. So that's kind of the staple of our program. You know, offense is always evolving. Uh, it's crazy. Um, we've tried a lot of different things. We've really set our we're, – we're really set now. Uh, we're doing the – just like everybody else in the world, we're, we're doing the European ball screen stuff, um, dribble handoff ball screen stuff offensively. I have a, a good string of players coming that fit that mold pretty well, and so I don't see us going away from that. But, uh you know, everything, it's, it's different. You gotta, I think we do a good job here of looking at what we have and trying to figure out what works best for that group. I mean, our state championship team, we literally ran inside triangle, the most boring offense on the planet, but we had the dudes to do it and we were really good at it. And so I think you gotta, in high school, you, you get the cards that you're dealt and you got to try to figure out how to maximize the talent that you have. Yeah, uh, one of the things, so obviously turning the dial way back to when I had the fortunate ability to spend a little time living with you, um, God, eight, two, oh, eight, oh, nine, somewhere around yeah. there. Um, uh, one of the things that was unique at that time that you guys did from a preparation standpoint was this was really as like film breakdown was big and you guys were recording practice and watching practice and going back and kind of game planning and scheming. Um, you know, at that point, you know, obviously from my playing days, that wasn't something that uh, was that big of a, a big of a thing. And, you know, I felt like, you know, I didn't know as much at that time, but I felt like you guys were one of the first ones on board to do that. But uh, how big is that? And how big is film and breakdown for you guys um, at the high school level? We have 
this is then this is a thing that's a coach Willis thing um, that I brought with you know he always said film doesn't lie and that always stuck with me because you can't fake it I mean the film is what it is and so I always felt that that could be a valuable tool for our kids and I knew that they really hadn't had that experience before so I thought that could give us an edge um, and we've never really we've never wavered from that we watch a ton of film um, as a team with huddle now it's so easy i i break it down for them i give them a playlist of what's most important at that time so like uh yesterday for example our box outs have been terrible and so we just put together a 22 clip playlist of all of our box outs from one of our scrimmages and we just you know i can mark them up and show the guys what we need to do better uh, the other day it was we weren't switching our ball screens correctly or whatever it might be and so we watch a ton of film. We, we ask them to watch it on their own. And then twice a week, we watch it as a team. And the other good thing about Huddle is it actually shows I can go in and look and see how much film they watch. So I know if they're lying to me or not. But uh, our guys take it seriously. Uh, our freshman and, and sophomore coaches both watch a lot of film, too. And so by the time I get them, they just realize that that's what we're going to do. And they're pretty good at it by then. Yeah, it makes a it makes a big difference. Um, other thing that makes a big difference is a youth program, and you mentioned it. Obviously, um, you can only control what you can control, but at the high school level, you, the best form of recruiting is to get those kids comfortable and familiar um, with your system and with your process. And I love hearing that you don't allow any zone. I mean, if you can teach and learn, man, I can teach you put in a zone in a week and so right. um just you know understanding the defensive principles are huge and so what what does your youth program look like do you have a number of teams that you I mean how many you usually have how many you expect and what do you guys usually look like at, at the youth level yeah so we um <clears throat> we're usually between 100 and 125 kids in our youth program and that's grades three through eight um we we kind of structure it um so in third and fourth grade well, actually, third through sixth grade, it's just a straight anybody who wants to play basketball can sign up. Um, some teams have or some groups have two teams. Some teams have three teams. Um, it, and we, we love it. The more the merrier. Um, at that age, we're just trying to get everybody better and see how it all shakes out in the end. Uh, and then in seventh and eighth grade, because they have the ability to play school ball uh, and we're trying to make it a little more competitive, we have tryouts for seventh and eighth grade club basketball. So that's where we kind of start to hone in on, on the kids um, that are serious about playing competitively. Um, and, and we have some good players who don't play club. Um, they do their, their school ball experience and, and that's, you know, they're busy with, you know, a lot of our kids who play multiple sports will choose that option. And so that's another great option. We, so that's kind of how our program looks overall. Um, they practice twice a week. Uh, we provide them the gym space. Uh, in the preseason, we usually start in October. So for that first two weeks, me and my staff are usually in the gym trying to get everybody squared up, showing them shell drills and different things that we do as a program to try to get them off to a good start. And then we kind of turn it over to the, their coaches after that. And we host three tournaments, and my staff is always here watching the kids play. Um, I'm, our players are required to come to the youth tournaments. They sit on the bench. They're the rah-rah guys, high-fiving, doing things like that. And so just trying to build that, that program. Uh, wide excitement and just keep everybody excited about go hawk basketball you've had a you've had a lot of a lot of good kids come through the program and so obviously it's one thing to get the reps and get the experience but then it's another thing too to um obviously get in the weight room and you've had some big kids from clayton betty to Ben carlson to obviously austin fife here uh as of recent but uh um 
in your 13 years, the community and the school district has made a huge jump in facilities and your guys' commitment to the athletics. Um, talk a little bit about that and as, as far as the development that you've seen in, in your 13 years there. Yeah, we when I first got here, when I was student teaching here, the weight room was in a closet. Uh, there was two benches, one squat rack, and a universal machine. And that was, and then shortly thereafter, it moved to a stage where we increased our capacity by like three benches and three squat racks. Uh, and in 2007, we put on a, a new addition to our school, which is our current gym now, and put in a pretty nice weight room upstairs uh, on the second level, which had, uh, I believe it had 15 or 16 like power lift racks, like multi stations. And that's kind of when we took off, we got our strength program started up. And then just uh, two years ago, we built the GoHawk Performance Enhancement Center, which is one of the nicest training facilities in the state. Uh, we got 32 power lift stations. We got a cardio area. We got all sorts of stuff going on. It's a continuum. We've now a full three years now. And so we're just we're progressing along pretty well. And, and now uh, just this last year, we got uh, kids can get PE credit. Athletes can get PE credit for um, doing their lifting and during school. And so I feel like we're really headed in the right direction. I'm really excited for uh, uh, where we're going to be here within the next couple of years. You know, we talked about it from uh, at Fredericksburg as far as competing at a, at a higher level or older guys or tougher guys. Um, how big an advantage, if at all, do you think um, being in a college town? Obviously, having Warburg there. Uh, you know, our, when I was at Warburg, Clayton was always down at the at our facility working out. He never really mixed in with us. But uh, do you guys ever get a mix in or just even having those guys and being able to go and watch games, you know, whenever they want? Do you think that makes a, a, a big difference for those high school kids? Yeah, every year is a little bit different. Um, a lot of those guys that stick around in the summer will come to our open gyms all summer because that's the only basketball going on really in town. There's usually not enough of them to get their own games going. And so uh, those years have been been really good. Again, we didn't have that opportunity this last year. But, um, you know, you get four or five Wartburg uh, basketball players in the gym and then four or five, six alumni. Um, you're talking about some pretty high level, some pretty good basketball. And and we've been been really fortunate to be able to compete against those guys. And we, you know, a lot of times we'll play against them. Sometimes we'll mix it up so they have an opportunity to play with the, with those guys just to kind of get a feel for what it's like to play hard and compete. So I, there's it's definitely advantage. And then just having the W itself is a huge advantage for us um, because as as nice as our facilities are, it's so oftentimes tough to get in there. They're so busy. Um, and our guys spend a lot of time at the W as well, um, getting up shots or hooping or whatever they need to get done. So it's a huge advantage to have Warbreak here. There's no question about it. So this year, now you guys are, you're practicing a little bit. Um, actually, you guys are full go, uh, which is un a little unusual for some parts of the state, but you guys are full go. Um, what's the schedule look like? How, what's the team looking like this year? Um, fingers crossed that you guys can obviously keep things going. Yeah. So we, uh, we were supposed to play last night, uh, and we the, we were supposed to play Waterloo East, and they they are not allowed to play until I think December fourth or fifth. Uh, they went to a temporary online situation. Uh, so our first game is Saturday against Cedar Rapids Xavier, which has really turned into a big rival for us. Um, it's it's always ended up in the years we were down at the state tournament. It seems like we always had to run into those guys, and we always play in the second game of the year um, since I've been here, and so it's kind of turned into a big rivalry. Uh, you know, 
I, I looked at our schedule actually yesterday and it looks like almost everybody on our schedule is still in school. Uh, so we're, we're hopeful that uh, we, you know, Waverly itself is trending in the right direction. Our cases are going down daily and uh, it kind of appears that way uh, around the area. And so I'm really hopeful that we can get uh, at least the majority of our games in. Um, the nice thing is uh, everybody's in the same boat and there's a lot of teams out there who are willing to play if somebody loses a game. And so I feel pretty good about, you know, as long as we can take care of ourselves and stay healthy, I feel pretty good about being able to play a lot of basketball games this year. Although it's, it's a little different playing in front of 30 people instead of a thousand, but everybody's in that boat too. So there's not much we can do about it. Yeah, no, no basketball or basketball is better than no basketball. So 30 or sure. not, we'll, we'll take it. But um, so you guys, you and you have to let us know as far as how this works. But traditionally, you guys have gone down and, and played some of the bigger schools, you know, Waterloo area, Cedar Falls, have had the opportunity to go down and play some of those guys. Is that something that you try to ensure that you get some of those bigger schools on your schedule before you guys get into league play? Yeah, so we only have 12 conference games, um, so we're allowed to get nine non-conference games, and it's kind of been a gradual thing since I took over. Um, in 2011, our undefeated team, which we're, we're proud of, we didn't play anybody, and I feel like it, it may have cost us in the, in the biggest game of the year, and so slowly but surely, we've been trying to add as many good schools as possible and, and get ourselves we feel like one of our goals every year should be to play at the state tournament. In order to do that, you got to be good teams. And so uh, my philosophy is I'd rather have a couple losses and learn some things and, and then, then play games that you're pretty sure you're going to win. And so uh, we play, we play most of the Metro schools. Um, now that there's been all this conference restructuring, a lot of the bigger schools have lost a lot of their non-conference uh, ability so we've, we've reached out now um, and we're trying to play some of the, you know, top tier 3A schools uh, for our non-conference stuff. So I like our schedule. I feel like our non-conference is about as good as anybody except for the, you know, obviously the, the 3A schools that play in 4A leagues. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of the philosophy that we have too, because you look at those teams at the state tournament, well, they're 14 and 11, but look who they've played, you know. And so well, we're just trying to prepare ourselves to, to win the games that matter the most. Well, remind me of the name of your point guard on that 2011 team. Connor Coleman. Connor Coleman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was he was a quite the interesting dude. He was um, fun to watch and frustrating to watch all at the same oh, time. You should have coached him. <laughs> but um, And then one other thing you made me think of it, uh, what, you guys had the unique ability. You played in that little Midwest shootout type thing down here in Des Moines. Obviously, this, again, is several years back. Yep. Um, who, who did you, did you play over? Who did you guys end up playing in that? So we played, uh, that was a, that was an interesting one. We played Aquinas, lacrosse Aquinas and they had Bronson Caning on that team. And, uh, we, we ended up beating them. Um, I think we were their only loss. I mean, both won the state championship that year. So uh, that was, that was one of the more fun games that we've, we've played in. Uh, it was a huge win for just our program, you know, going against a guy that caliber. One of their other guys was the division one quarterback. Um, and so they were really good and we, we played well and uh, it was a tight game. And our guys still talk about that game to this day. And probably the biggest thing for that was we got another opportunity to play in Wells Fargo before, you know, the state tournament. And so we got to be in that court and in that atmosphere. And so, Oh, that was a big one for us. I'll never forget that one. 
Yeah, that was a neat little experience because then after you guys, it was Valley with Peter Jock and Abramson and against Overland Park, who had um, blanket on the kid's name, Iowa State kid that went to Loyola. Um, man, that's going to bug me. But yeah, so that was four four big games that were, or two big games that four big teams that were there. Yeah, they uh, the the philosophy was they wanted to try to get as many D1 guys in the building as possible. And we had, uh, at that time we had Carlson and, uh, you know, they had Koenig and then those guys you just talked about. And so, uh, those are some pretty fun games to watch something that our kids don't get to see, uh, very often. And so that was, that was a really good experience. Yeah. Well, you talked about, you know, your, your youth program and we've talked to multiple coaches on the podcast too. And, you know, one thing that I think all of them have mentioned is how important that youth program is. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned some of the players you've, you've had, um, and, you know, just looking down the list here, I mean, multiple all-state athletes, you know, talking about Joe, talking about Clayton Vetti, um, and Austin Fife, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times, but, um, you know, obviously been down the state tournament a couple of times as well. So, um, have you talked us through those, those opportunities you've got to play down state, um, you know, the, I made similarities between your teams and maybe differences between those teams as well. Yeah, so when I was uh, an assistant coach uh, under Coach Bardall, we, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we had, that was when Clayton Vetti was a junior and a senior. And so I had been down there as an assistant, but never as a head. And then uh, when I took over, we had took us a couple of years to get things going again. And uh, we got back down there in 11. And I remember just being nervous as all get out. And there's so much stuff like, we talked about earlier you don't realize like getting ready for the state tournament travel hotels all that stuff and so <clears throat> again I felt like I was spending more time working on that than getting ready for the game because you know you get that first one under your belt you're guaranteed two more you feel like the pressure's off a little bit and so we were fortunate enough to get that done the first year we were down there and then uh, we ended up winning a thriller in in uh, overtime uh, in the second round and then, you know, losing the state championship with a couple bad possessions. But I felt like that was the springboard for everything moving forward. We had great fan base. The youth were excited. Um, after you succeed at that level, it's a lot easier to get guys motivated to get in the gym in the off season. They want to be like the guys before them. And, uh, you know, so uh, then, you know, we made a run there where we were there seven out of the, out of eight years and it just, it, every year just got a little bit, a little bit easier and our guys felt a little bit more comfortable. And uh, it's been a couple of years now. We're hoping to be back, back down there this year and, and we'll kind of be starting over again. But uh, just that experience is, is so invaluable of, of guys having played there in the past. Now, did you coach in, uh, in Vets Auditorium and, and Wells Fargo Arena? So uh, my first year as an assistant with Coach Eckenrod was Vets. Um, and then every year after that has been Wells Fargo there, um, which I like the vets atmosphere I was better. If you want to know the truth, is there any, is, is there any differences or, or what's your opinion on that? So vets, vets for you, for sure. For sure. I mean, the, the student sections on the, basically on the court um, there. And I just like the feel of the old building and just, I don't know, it's the, you know, the Wells Fargo is flashy and it's fancy and it's nice, but Maybe that's old school in me, but I just really enjoyed vets. I thought that atmosphere was pretty outstanding. 
Yeah, there's something to one thing that I miss about old vets is the in between games when one game would get over, you know, the student section would be sitting over over here, the other student section would be waiting waiting on the side just to get into the student section and it'd be a mad rush just one way into the other and you know very very cool to see but obviously you know different things um uh with wells fargo nice place stuff like that but it but it is definitely different for sure yeah for sure we talked a little bit mentioned it a little bit but what is what does this upcoming year look like for you we're pretty excited about our team uh we got about nine over 90 percent of our scoring back from last year uh, we, you know, the previous two years, uh, we, we had a chance to be pretty good and we got the injury bug uh, real bad coming out of football. We lost our first team All-Stater two years ago to an ACL. And then we lost a kid last year to an ACL in football. And so we've been healthy so far this year and we, we really like our team. Our guys have a ton of experience. We played a lot of juniors and sophomores last year. Uh, had a young team. We were very competitive. Uh, we had We struggled a little bit to win the close ones. But uh, we feel like we feel like we have a nice team. We've got a, a really good big man and a really good point guard, and a couple, you know, shooters to go around them. Um, nice, nice power forward and some depth. Uh, we have a lot of athleticism and a lot of depth, and so well, we're pretty excited to take the court on Saturday and see where we're at. That's awesome. So you got to um, have, have your schedule pretty much laid out, like you said, and, you know, it looks like you're, I mean, at least right now, I know this thing can change on a, on a daily basis, but at least right now, all the schools are in school and, you know, as far as you know, ready to go and, you know, ready to get on the court then. Yeah, we just got a confirmation today for Saturday. So as long as nothing changes between now and then, um, we're good to go. And that's, that's kind of how we've, we've told the kids and we're just approaching this thing. Uh, one day at a time and fortunate for the opportunities that we do get along the way. And, and uh, so we're, we're getting ready for Saturday, like it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, then uh, we'll move on to the next one. Well, that's great. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times here too, but you know, hoping that everything kind of goes off as, as normal as possible. And, um, you know, hopefully the, um, you know, season can, can, um, obviously get here first and then we can work, work our way through it. But, uh, well, Hey coach, we like to end podcast, uh, with a little section we like to call rapid fire where Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions, okay. some easy ones, some maybe a little bit tougher, but, uh, just, just have a little fun here and let us know what you think. All right. All right, coach. First one here, uh, usually start with is, uh, what, or where's your favorite visiting gym? We got to we got to take home. Everyone loves their home court. What's your favorite visiting gym to go to? Oh man, you know that's tough because every, it seems like in the last five years everybody's got a new gym, and uh, the fun ones were the ones that were that were uh, small and you know I'll, I'll, this gym is no longer one that we compete in. But my favorite gym ever was was Wakan. Um, they had three rows. Of, this is their varsity gym. They had three rows of bleachers on each side. And the student section sat on the stage, and that was it. And there was less than six inches from the bench to the to the sidelines. And so, and they had good teams, and we had good teams back when we played in there. And that was by far the best atmosphere. Um, it was a small gym, low roof. I mean, it was rocking. And I always enjoyed. I always. We always made the joke that they, you know, they'd leave the curtain down for the first half and then put it up for the second half. So then they'd throw off our shooting. But um, that that one sticks out in my mind is one of my favorites. 
those those old gyms are the best i i think it was maybe my dad i was talking to today and we were talking about warburg and knight's gymnasium specifically and i was like man if they could have found a way to keep knight's gymnasium and just update everything around it like how cool would that have been yeah those atmospheres were you go to a game now and it's just in it's not the same as when we were there man it's not the same no it's certain it certainly isn't and i think that uh, nostalgia in the gym has a little bit to do with it but uh um speaking of warburg where where did you live your freshman year I was in Hebron. Hebron, the complex, yep. huh? Yep. All right, good old Hebron. Um, uh, third question here: What's a gohawk? Clear the air oh, for God. us. What's a gohawk? Oh man, I you know. I don't even know for sure. <laughs> um, there's so many different. Some of the some of the old guys will tell me one story, and then somebody will say, "Oh, that's not true." Originally, when I got here, they told me it was a combination between the Minnesota Gophers and the Iowa Hawkeyes. And I was, I've been telling that for the last 10 years. And then just the other day, somebody gave me a whole nother explanation and I, and I don't even remember exactly what it was. So I'm going with the Gophers and the Hawks. Um, and I'll probably get in trouble for, from somebody for not knowing what that is, but uh, um, we're pretty proud of it. I just not exactly sure where it came from. <laughs> that's awesome no that's good um from what i remember you used to i don't know if you ever read them but you had a lot of books in your office you, you got any book recommendations for us <laughs> you know i haven't read a, a good book for a while i'll be honest with you ever since podcasts and all that became popular it's, it's just easier to to get in the car and throw on your headset and listen to podcasts so um, I can't really help you with that, uh, unfortunately. I, I I do educate myself. Uh, I just I just don't necessarily do it through reading books. And my assistant coach would be so mad at me right now because he is a book. He's like, if you're not reading books, you're not getting educated. So he'd be mad at me, but that's just the truth. So, well, I honestly I think that's probably all three of us. So I think we would all three choose podcasts over books. So I, I don't blame you there, but. Um... So this one's tough because we talked about it. you've had a lot of good kids come through, but who's who's the best kid that you've coached? Uh, Wait, really? Oh, all right. <laughs> this is usually one. This is usually one of our late night discussions after a win. Um, it, it's so hard. Uh, we've had so many good kids come through, and we always get sidebarred. Okay, well, who's if they're not the best? Who's the toughest? And then who's this? So, so let's do. We'll put it this way. So our leading scorer is Jake Velke, all time leading scorer. Um, the kid was the most competitive kid I've ever coached uh, just stone cold. Like if there was a shot to be made, he was making it. There was no question. Um, and he's our all time leading scorer at, at Waverly Shell Rock. Uh, but you know, you looked at Clayton Vetti. Uh, he's just a beast, probably the most competitive kid that we've had. And you got Clinton Austin who are, are probably more the most talented kids we've had. And so I can't, I can't, then all five of them would kill me because they all think they're the best player to ever play here. So, um, but that's the best I can do. I, I can't pick one of the five. I'm just fortunate to have had the ability to coach five guys that are that good at basketball. If, if, if that means that Joe Green's coming off the bench, then you guys got a pretty good team. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, Joe, uh, I was just a young pup assistant then. And so when people ask me that question, I mean, we had some really good players when I wasn't the head coach too. And so uh, they usually don't even come up in our conversation. But yeah, Joe, Joe would be in there for sure. Oh, that's good. 
Um, favorite basketball shoe? Oh boy, I'm kind. Of, I'm not as big of a shoe nerd as you are, but uh, I mean, I probably the Jordan Elevens. That's a good answer. Good answer. Can't go wrong with that. You, I, I will say though, I think you were like a you were a low top guy before low tops were low tops. I felt like. Yeah, I've always been a low top guy. Never, never really got into high tops. No, that's that that's all right. And now, but I get pissed at my guys that want to wear high or low tops. So I kind of a hypocrite. Have, but must have strong ankles over there because I could never step foot on the court with low tops on. <laughs> Yeah, and, and now like the high tops are halfway up to your knees, so yeah, it's a little bit different. It is. Um, so we talked about this youth program and just the development. If if there was one basketball skill that you required every guy in your program to do for ten days, they could only do this one skill. What would you have them focus on for ten days in a row? Oh boy, honestly, probably jump stops we it's a lost art um and we still struggle with it with our high school kids now uh, we just we we don't we're not under control i think it's a fundamental part of the game everything you do you know footwork wise is coming out of a jump stop and a pivot so i mean it's tight tight race between that and the defensive stance but those would be my two you kind of get both. I mean, with the athletic yeah. you know and that's something too uh, you know i've always been a strong component in um, as far as the youth level too, like teach these kids how to start, stop and change directions. And we'll For teach sure. them, the, we'll teach them the skills later. Like that's, that's one of those things that it's, it's, we, we get right into it and we forget about the basics, but that, that's a good one. I, uh, we here at the shooter's touch, we were probably leaning towards shooting, but we'll take jump stop too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, if you travel before you shoot, it doesn't matter if you shoot. So. Very true. That is, true. that is true. So um a football player back in your day so who's the goat who's the greatest football player of all time well i i'm a brett Favre guy so you know when he retired i kind of lost my love for the nfl but uh the goat football i i i don't think he's probably the greatest player of all time but he's my greatest player of all time so we're gonna go with brett Favre. that's that's all that matters i love it so um Obviously, no Waverly well, but uh, I got to bring Adam up. We got to check out uh, a GoHawk game. Where are we stopping to get a bite to eat before we head to the game? Well, it's hard to beat Joe's Nighthawk. I mean, he's still he's still doing the food really well. Uh, but uh, right next door, you can do a two-for-one deal. Right next door, we got the Dirty Dog. Uh, they got some pretty darn good food in there, too. So if knowing you guys and, and wanting to watch some sports while you eat some good some good food those would be my stops for you no that's good that's good and uh, we got one more here to end but uh i gotta bring it up that here at the end of the podcast uh do, do you do you remember uh a time in a city waverly city league uh championship game where you got beat to a team that only had four players um yeah i remember that <laughs> two, two 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 zone is tough man <laughs> I tell you what, yeah, you've got to be hitting shots. We didn't not. have enough shooters, evidently. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we ran a nice little two-two zone and and made a ton of shots. So that made you all did the make difference. A ton of shots. <laughs> was, yeah, I remember that. That was fun. You know, I, that, it's a shame that city league is no longer. 
that was that was a ton of fun super competitive obviously i mean you had a lot of guys um you know that were still around and then you know like myself i mean you had college players had people coming over and um yeah it was fun that was that was like i mean every team had at least one or two guys that could really go for sure so and all yeah, that could, that's that's a done deal i don't think you can play uh pick unless you're playing noon ball at the w i think uh, uh men's rec league is dead Jeez, it's too bad it, it really is that was uh that was a, a good place to to blow out an achilles or something but. <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> So, well, good coach. Hey, last one is what we'd like to end with. You've talked about it, but, uh, but really tell us, really sell us. What's the best thing about being the head coach at uh, Waverly Shell Rock? Uh, without question, the support in our community for all of our athletics is pretty much second to none. Uh, we go on the road and we have more fans than the home team. Um, we just have a tremendous following. Uh, we, we have, you know, we, we obviously have some people who think, you know, they could do everybody's job a little bit better than they do. But overall, this, the support in our community is outstanding. Our, we have one of the best student sections around. We have, you know, our, our stands when, you know, pre-pandemic uh, were full. It didn't matter if it was a Tuesday or a Friday or Saturday. Um, and that's what makes it fun. You know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, what, what's your end goal? Where do you, you want to go coach at a 4A school or whatever it might be? And, and I can stay with great confidence that, uh, you know, this is a great place to be. And, and I don't think there's, a, there's too many high school jobs out there that are much better than this one. And I'll, I'll second that. Obviously, I've seen the support um, that you guys and your program has had, um, not only when you get down this way to the state tournament, but just on the local level. And, uh, you know, a lot going on with uh, Warburg and the Cedar Valley right there, a lot of distractions. But your community seems to just sink its teeth into uh, the black and gold and what you guys are yeah. doing over there at Waverly Shell Rock. And so, obviously, we'll be following along and uh, wishing you guys the very best and, and all the best success. And we appreciate you taking a little time here and, and jumping on with us tonight, Coach. You bet. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and as as Brian mentioned, Coach, we appreciate it. And um, as usual to our listeners, if you enjoy what you're hearing, we would really appreciate a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Shooters Touch, on Twitter and Instagram, at Shooters Touch IA, and our brand-new website, ShootersTouchPodcast.com. As usual, Shooters Shoot. Patient, my dog say that I'm nice with it. I go right with it, let them straight and think of that. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. I got shooters touch. Yeah. Can't nobody ball like me. Blue face, honey, so honey,